0: you do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: It's Sunday, August 11th. I'm Margaret Brennan, and this is Face the Nation. A week after two mass shootings that killed 31 and wounded 54, anger over gun violence and the motivations behind it is at a boiling point across the country. Enough is enough. And especially on the campaign trail.
2: Who in God's name needs a weapon that can handle a hundred rounds? For God's sake.
1: Despite the accusations about who's to blame for inflaming the hate that prompted them, people say
3: to me. Did Donald Trump cause those those folks to be killed? Well, no, of course, he didn't pull the trigger.
1: But he's certainly been tweeting out the ammunition. There are sober reminders that gun violence touches all, even presidential candidates. My beautiful four-year-old
4: daughter, DeLa was struck by a stray bullet March 2011. My son, my daughter's twin brother, witnessed
5: what happened that day. She died two days later. I have a six and three-year-old boy. I I was imagining it was one of them that got shot and the other saw it. I'm so sorry. El Paso, Walmart. El Paso, Texas. Oregon Historic District. Dayton, Ohio. These are less than half of the mass shootings in my lifetime. It is time to do something different.
1: But after years of failing to get gun control measures passed on a national level, what bill that's different could get through Congress and get signed by the president? But we have to have meaningful background, checks. I talk it about
3: meaningful. Add that word.
1: Meaning- we'll hear from all sides. Former Mayor Michael Bloomberg hosted a candidate forum Saturday in Iowa to push for gun control. We spoke with him there. Red flag laws, those were in place in Connecticut before Sandy Hook. They didn't stop that massacre.
2: No, but they stopped. Background some th-
1: checks would not have stopped these two shooters from getting these guns. Okay.
2: That is true. No one long is going to stop everything.
1: We'll talk with the number two Republican in the House, Louisiana's Steve Scalise. He was critically injured when a gunman attacked Republican members of Congress during a baseball practice in 2017. We'll also hear from three presidential candidates, Senators Bernie Sanders, Michael Bennett, and Kirsten Gillibrand. And as always, we'll have political analysis on all the news of the week, coming up on Face the Nation. Good morning, and welcome to Face the Nation. We begin with the question on everyone's minds a week after mass shootings in Texas and Ohio. What can be done to prevent these in the future? Former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who founded the gun control advocacy group Everytown for Gun Safety, hosted a candidate forum in Des Moines yesterday. We spoke with him there and began by asking if he thinks Congress will pass a background check bill when they return in the fall.
2: I'm optimistic. It still depends on Mitch McConnell bringing a bill to the floor in the Senate, and it still depends on the president of the United States signing a bill. I think that the more you see things like this event where if I'd done this ten years ago we wouldn't have gotten any Democratic candidates for president to come, today almost all the 20 are here. That They see the public has said enough is enough. And that's why we're here. And that's the impact is not just on the Democratic Party, which remember the Democrats were cowed by the NRA as well for a long time, although today, in all fairness, they're not. It's the time is to say, we just have to stop this.
1: You've said that when you launch this group, that just like the NRA, we need to make them afraid of us. That is going out there and challenging Politicians who don't support this kind of platform.
2: What I did in the 2018 election was we supported 24 candidates for Congress. The criteria were they had to be good on guns and good on the environment.
1: You spent about $100 million.
2: Spent about $100 million and 21 of the 24 won and replaced A-rated congresspeople from the NRA. NRA A-rated. The NRA takes no prisoners whatsoever, and they lost 21 seats in the House. Flipped the House. And so now's the time to start working and helping the Republicans to see the light, because I don't think this is a partisan issue.
1: So what does this mean for 2020? Are you going to go out there and fund candidates? to challenge those who don't fund or vote for things like background checks or red flag laws.
2: It is very early. And the best thing would be that we have action in Congress on the Republican Senate side, as well as the Democratic House side, so that you won't be able to ask that question because we'll already be where we want to be.
1: But is this a threat or warning from you? There's
2: no question that I think this is one of the real key issues in our country. We cannot have a society where you go out in the street and you can get blown away. It's just not tolerable. We, we just have to say enough is enough.
1: You've said that essentially the NRA model of taking people directly on, if they are not supporting your platform, should be replicated.
2: I think that if, should if be. If Mitch but McConnell every, doesn't
1: bring this to the floor in the fall, Will you look at funding his M- Mitch, opposition? Mitch
2: McConnell is up for reelection, and he's running against somebody who I'm told is an attractive candidate. Mitch McConnell is going to look and say, what does the public want as well? So I am optimistic that even Mitch will change his mind. I hope so.
1: Red flag laws, those were in place in Connecticut before Sandy Hook. They didn't stop that massacre.
2: No, but they stopped Background some Background checks
1: would not have stopped these two shooters from getting these guns, at least as currently written.
2: Okay, that is true. No one law is going to stop everything, but there's just no question when you put in background checks, suicides with, uh, with guns, and murder rates go down. When you get rid of assault weapons, you stop the mass murders. These are not public health things. This is too much of an access to, to, to guns, and particularly to assault weapons, which were designed to kill the maximum number of people as quickly as possible and as gruesomely as you could possibly do it.
1: The NRA has been having some internal disputes and problems. They were the largest donor to I President Trump that. in what 2016. Will they be able to bankroll to the level they did in 2020? I think the
2: NRA has been very badly hurt by this. The NRA, 90% of NRA members are in favor of background checks. So the NRA is not in the place of most of its members. And in fact, if you go back, you can see Wayne LaPierre, who runs the NRA, testifying Chairman before Colin Congress Murray, in favor of background to checks 15 or 20 now. years ago.
6: We think it's reasonable to provide for instant gun checks at shows, just like at gun stores and pawn shops.
2: They've changed their views. They went toward, away from background checks. The time is for them to come back. And if they want to be an organization representing gun owners, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But we, they should not be somebody representing the view that everybody has the right to go kill everybody.
1: Well, I, I want to ask you about some of the choices the candidates are making. Um, Joe Biden has said the president encourages white supremacism. Bernie Sanders said the president's a racist. Elizabeth Warren said he's stirring up racial conflict. Beto O'Rourke said he is making the risk of violence like this in El Paso more real. Do you think that it's a mistake for Democrats to tie the president's rhetoric to these mass killings?
2: No, I think words matter. People look to their leadership for guidance and to say that it doesn't have an effect is wrong. So what the president says is very important. And if he supports or says nice things about racists, it encourages racism. If he goes and says nice things about white supremacists, he encourages that kind of violence. He's just, I hope he understands this, he cannot go and just have, shoot off his mouth and say anything. He's the president of the United States
1: you decided not to run for president. Is there anything that would make you reconsider?
2: No, I don't think so. Um, I thought about it a little bit when I was driving into Des Moines today, thinking, you know, I, thought had, I came here and I spent a good chunk of a month meeting the people of this great state. And in some senses, I missed the being on the campaign trail. Uh, I, ran, uh, I had three elections I won them all, I know how to put together a team, I know how to put together a team, not just to win elections, I know how to put together a team to actually deliver the services you promise. But I did that, and now it's time to do something else.
1: Can Democrats win if they build themselves as progressives?
2: I think if you are very progressive, no. I think the public wants evolutionary change, not revolutionary change.
1: Do you think that Democrats need a new generation
2: I think there's an awful lot to be said for experience and accomplishment. There's a value to having been there, done that, and to understand that if there were simple solutions to complex problems, we would have solved those problems. Uh, I'm not a believer that, oh, there's a new generation coming along and they own the right to um, set the agenda. I think you earn your spurs and you earn the right to set an agenda by showing people that what you've been doing is working.
1: You have business in China and you know business people for decades have been complaining about China not playing fair.
2: That's correct.
1: President Trump's been really aggressive on this. You don't like the tactics but is he doing what is needed on this front and how do Democrats say that they're going to be stronger?
2: People that think Donald Trump will have is is not reelectable or wrong, I think a lot of people look at exactly what he di- is doing with China and they think he 's at least taking on the Chinese and they should be taken on their belief now, I would argue. Some of the things he says are right, that we really shouldn't have this asymmetrical trade relationship. But you don't do it by walking up and having public fights. You don't do it by changing your mind all the time. You don't do it by being a bully with tariffs. So it's the president's uh, methods of trying to deal with China that I object to. Not the fact that they have the Chinese have their interests. We have ours.
1: You think he may be reelected?
2: I hope not. Uh, I will, I'm sure, support somebody who's running against him in the end. But I think to anybody that uh, uh, thinks that he does not have support is uh, badly uh, uh, misinterpreting what the public believes. There is a revolution that has been taking place around the world where the public thinks that the establishment has not recognized their needs and you see that in Donald Trump getting elected, you see that in Brexit, Uh, you see that in a a lot of things where we're doing things differently and the old line stuff is being thrown out Uh, and that's not necessarily good.
1: Our full interview with Mayor Bloomberg is available on our website, facethenation.com. We did invite the NRA's Wayne LaPierre to appear on the broadcast, but he declined our invitation. We now turn to the number two Republican in the House, Steve Scalise. He joins us this morning from New Orleans. Good morning, Congressman.
5: Good morning, Margaret. Good to be with you.
1: President Trump says he wants meaningful background checks. Why aren't you supporting him on that?
5: Well, first of all, I have supported him on that. And in fact, we got a bill to President Trump's desk last year, the fix-nix bill, which truly does go after some of the real problems we saw where people were falling through the cracks and not getting into the background. But he wants something new and now. Like so many shootings, like Charleston, like others. Well, the president said he wants to make sure, especially that people with mental illnesses don't get guns. And in fact, There were a lot of people that we were finding that weren't getting put into the system. We need to keep working on that and make the background check system work better. We passed a very bipartisan bill to do just that, and Donald Trump signed in a law just last year. Let's focus on making that work better so a lot of these people that slip through the cracks don't uh, don't slip through the cracks again or in future uh, attempts where they might try to do that.
1: Does that mean that you do not expect Republicans to support or vote for new legislation on background checks?
5: Well, first of all, let's see what bills are being brought forward. I know what Nancy Pelosi called for the Senate to come back and vote on uh, was a bill that they passed through the House, or two bills, uh, that wouldn't have actually done anything to stop these shootings because – the shooters in, in both in El Paso and in Dayton passed background checks, so her bill wouldn 't apply to them, but her bill is very dangerous in a number of ways of how it stops law abiding people from being able to transfer guns, including if you loan your gun to your neighbor because she 's afraid that her ex boyfriend's going to come and beat her up, you loaning your gun to her would put you in federal in, not in, put you in prison for up to a year that 's what pelosi 's bill does wouldn 't have stopped the shootings, but actually makes it harder for law abiding citizens. Uh, to do things that are currently legal and, frankly, currently uh, helping improve safety. Do you
1: think domestic terrorism should be a federal crime?
5: I do, and, in fact, I applaud what's being done both at the FBI and with our new acting Homeland Security Secretary. His first week in office, he put in place a task force to go look at a lot of the online uh, recruiting that's going on to radicalize people. We're seeing a very alarming increase in domestic terrorism. The FBI has been focused on that. Uh, Last month alone they saw uh, it was in the hundreds, the number of domestic terrorism cases that they're looking at. And so we need to make sure that the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have the tools they need to go and root out whether it's white supremacists, whether it's radicals from the left that are committing some of these crimes. What we need to make sure that uh, they think have Republicans, the tools they need to root it out.
1: What tools will Republicans vote to give law enforcement? What What are you suggesting there?
5: Well, first of all, if you look at what the FBI just set up recently and what the Homeland Security Uh, secretary just did recently to put a renewed focus on this to put a new focus on what's going on online the recruiting that we all know has been going on online they're actually focusing on it they do need more tools they've asked for more resources we have a budget process that's coming up when we return in september let's make sure that in the budget process that is a very high priority because right now it's not a high enough priority we need to make sure it is
1: We'll have to wait to the fall to see what comes up. But I do want to ask you, because you've voiced some concern about tone and conversation about these killings in this country. Uh, In the case of El Paso, it is the largest anti-Latino attack this country has ever seen. The killer said that he went to a border town to kill Mexicans. Given this particular context, can you understand the sensitivity to language used by the president when he refers to migrants as invading this country?
5: Well, first of all, my heart breaks, as everybody's does, when you see what happened. There's no place for it, Uh, whether it's somebody that's racist, that that hates a certain ethnic group. uh, There's no place for those kind of attacks and attacking people based on, on their ethnicity. But to try to assign blame to somebody else, I think, is a very slippery slope. Uh, Because the president's no more responsible for that shooting as your next guest, Bernie Sanders, is for my shooting. And he's not, by the way, responsible. The shooter is responsible. What we need to do is find out those people that have slipped through the cracks, and we've seen it in shooting after shooting. Sutherland Springs, Charleston, uh, even in Dayton, he had a hit list and a rape list, and yet none of that was in the system. Let's make sure these background check systems work properly and are rooting out the people that shouldn't be able to legally purchase a gun but currently are because the system hasn't worked.
1: So you have not advised the president to reconsider some of his words that many in the Hispanic community consider inflammatory?
5: Well, first of all, the president was very clear just the other day that there's no place for this. He spoke out against racism. Uh, He spoke out uh, against these kind of attacks. And so uh, to a, try to assign blame, you know, go look at some of these presidential candidates who made some of the most uh, ridiculous statements. I mean, Joe Biden just said uh, that he was vice president when the Parkland right. kids came and met with him. He wasn't vice president. You know, so some of these things that are being said are, are beyond ridiculous. Uh, I, I know they're running for president and they might not like Donald Trump's views, but uh, stop this this ridiculous tr- assessment of blame to somebody other than the person who's responsible. And again, you just you, know, you talk to to other people who were motivators. Look at the Dayton shooter and what his motivations were. Uh, is anybody asking about that? Anybody from the left okay. who he was inspired by? There's no there's no place for it. The shooter is so responsible. Let's try to identify these shooters in a better way, which right now we're working on doing. Let's put more emphasis there.
1: I want to give you a chance to respond to what Mayor Bloomberg said about the NRA. He said. It should be a group allowed to represent the gun lobby, but not to represent the view that everybody has the right to go kill everybody. Do you think the NRA is out of touch with some of its members who do support background checks uh, and that it's been weakened?
5: Well, first of all, you know, the NRA has millions of supporters and, and people that are actual members. Uh, just like any other group that can advocate for an issue. They're advocating for something that's in the United States Constitution, the Second Amendment. But let's look at some of the things that Michael Bloomberg has talked about. You know, he says he wants a better background check system, yet every single person that he defeated last year, that he spent about $100 million of his money to defeat, voted to fix the background check system last year. So what's his real motivation? I mean, he literally spent about $100 million of his money for members of Congress who voted yes to fix the background system and close the background check system and close these loopholes. Uh, so, so, again, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he says certain things, but what is his real motivation when he spent that much money to defeat people who voted to fix the system? And, by the way, Margaret, name one single bill that Nancy Pelosi put on Barack Obama's desk when they had the House, Senate and the White House to address any of these issues. There was not one bill she put on his desk We put a bill on Donald Trump's desk last year to fix the NICS system, the background check system, and he signed it into law and is actually working to make it uh, address those loopholes, the people that fell through the cracks, and he banned bump stocks, which were used in the Las Vegas shooting. Those, by the way, were legalized when Barack Obama was president. Donald Trump's the one who said this shouldn't happen. He banned bump stocks, and they're not legal anymore.
1: Congressman Scalise, thank you for joining us.
4: Memories make us laugh and cry. And sometimes cringe when we look back at our fashion choices. But in between flashbacks of bowl cuts and dad jeans, our memories are fading, and so is the old media that holds them. Hi, I'm Adam Baselager. And I'm Nick Mako, and we're the founders of Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the easiest and safest way to preserve your family memories. Here's how it works. Fill Legacy Box with your outdated media. We professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. Look,
1: campaign 2020 senator bernie sanders joins us from the campaign trail in greenfield iowa senator good morning
7: good morning margaret
1: i want to give you a chance to respond to congressman scalise who brought up the fact that the man who shot him back in 2017 had been a volunteer for your campaign he said uh, he doesn't blame you uh and therefore by the same token no one should blame president trump for the shootings that we've seen in the past few days how do you respond
7: look as as soon as I possibly could, I was on the floor of the Senate condemning that action. What we are is a nonviolent uh, political movement. I condemn all forms of violence. You know, we had 13 million people voting for us, and I'm afraid I can't uh, just uh, tell you that every one of them is the kind of people, kind of person that I would like. Uh, but we must bring about the fundamental changes that this country requires. In healthcare, and education, and climate change, we do it in an absolutely nonviolent way.
1: But do you believe? Uh, and in some of your language in recent days, you, you've said President Trump uh, is a racist. You've called him a xenophobe. Uh, do yes. you believe he is yep. directly or indirectly responsible for what happened in El Paso? He
7: create. Look, President Trump and nobody else wants to see people mowed down and killed. And I've never said that. He does not want to see that. But I think what he has created in this country with his incredible rhetoric, uh, his racist rhetoric, uh, where he calls Mexicans uh, rapists and criminals, uh, where he almost condones in a a rally uh, when somebody was attacking somebody, he said, I'll pay the legal bills for violence. Uh, I think he creates a climate where we are seeing a significant increase in hate crimes in this country, Mm -hmm. uh, hate crimes against Muslims, uh, against Mexicans, against Jews. He is creating the kind of divisiveness in this nation that is the last thing uh, that we should be doing. So he creates the climate. But do I think that he wants to see uh, somebody get shot? Absolutely not.
1: Do you expect that Republican leadership, when they come back in the fall, will bring any kind of gun control legislation to the floor?
7: But Margaret, I certainly hope so, because this is what the American people want. The American people are sick and tired of powerful corporate interests determining what goes on in Washington. You know, that's whether it's the health care industry, whether it is the fossil fuel industry, whether it is the NRA. Poll after poll shows that overwhelmingly the American people want to expand mm-hmm. background checks They want to do away with the gun show loophole. They want to do away with the straw man provision. And more and more people agree with something that I have been saying for 30 years is that assault weapons are weapons of war. They are military style weapons designed to kill people as rapidly as possible. They should not be sold and distributed in this country.
1: Senator, we're going to take a quick break and continue our conversation on the other side of it. So don't go away. And we have a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back with a lot more Face the Nation, Senators Sanders, Gillibrand, and Bennett, and our political panel. Stay with us.
3: What's your next adventure? Everyone deserves a chance to do what they love. Pacific Life helps you reach financial goals while you go after your personal ones. Plans change over time, and your financial solutions can, too. That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help give you the freedom to do what you love or visit www.pacificlife.com.
1: Welcome back to Face the Nation. We're back now with Senator Bernie Sanders, who joins us from Greenfield, Iowa. Uh, Senator, I want to pick up where we left off on the issue of gun control. Um, You said now you do support uh, more efforts to keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people. But you have in the past been skeptical um, of uh, federal gun control. You voted against the Brady Bill uh, in 03 and 05. You voted for a law to shield gun manufacturers. And I'm wondering how you explain your change of heart.
7: Well, I think, first of all, for 30 years, I've been advocating for the ban on assault weapons. Year after year, I have an F voting record. Uh, From the NRA, I think the last one was a D-minus, and as president, I'm confident that I'll have an F-minus. The world has changed in 30 years, and even in rural states, like my state of Vermont, which until last year had virtually no gun control. The people of this country are sick and tired of seeing the horrific mass murders that we have been seeing year after year, most recently in Dayton and El Paso. And the American people want us to stand up to the NRA, The American people want strong gun control legislation. I have demanded that Mitch McConnell do the right thing, do what the American people want. Bring us back to Washington right now. Let's pass what was passed in the House. Let us go further. So to answer your question, Margaret, over the last 30 years, The world has changed. It has changed in rural states like mine and has changed all over this country.
1: How do you protect civil liberties and do things like Congressman Scalise advocated, which is giving law enforcement more tools to root out those who might carry out these killings?
7: Well, it's not only giving law enforcement more tools. We have got to do a lot better job than we are doing right now in fighting the rise of white nationalism uh, in this country. Uh, We need to understand that in El Paso, what was committed was an act of domestic violence. And we need to be much more aggressive than the Trump administration has in going after those people. So Mm -hmm. I am a strong civil libertarian. Uh, But on the other hand, I want to make sure that we do not see the rise of neo-fascism in this country and that we understand that those white nationalists are, in fact, when they get involved in violence... They are terrorists, and they should be treated as terrorists.
1: And you support red flag laws?
7: Yes, I do. I do.
1: Okay. All right. Senator, thank you for joining us from the trail. Thank you. We turn now to Colorado Senator Michael Bennett. He joins us from the Iowa State Fair in Des Moines. Good morning, Senator. It looks like a lot of fun there right behind you. It,
8: <laughs> good morning. It is unbelievably fun. We actually just finished seeing the star-spangled banner. Everybody stopped and put (laughs) their hand on their heart and sang it together.
1: All right. Well, uh, you tweeted this week that if you are elected, you promise voters that they won't have to think about you for at least two weeks. Is it a hard strategy to try to get people to be passionate about being moderate?
8: I think that people are so sick and tired of waking up in Donald Trump's reality TV show. I think they're sick of a A president who's dividing us. I mean, it's very clear what he's trying to do. He acquired power by dividing the American people against themselves. He's trying to hold on to the power by doing the same thing. And every day, he just tries to keep the reality TV show alive. Americans want to go on with their lives. They want to build their businesses. They want to raise their children. They don't want to wake up, you know, feeling like we're on the cusp of some crazy new thing with North Korea or Iran or... Or that, um, you know, the president is tweeting out conspiracy theories about somebody who killed themselves in New York. They Mm -hmm. want a president who's actually doing their job so they can do their job, confident that we leave the country in a better place for our kids and grandkids, and and confident that we've situated America's leadership in this world again. So that's what I meant by that. I think that people can check in every two weeks and see how I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Uh, Colorado, where you're from, uh, is a state that has a lot of gun gun owners, but it's also experienced horrific gun violence. And they've made some changes at the state level. Is that essentially what the country should be talking about? Because it doesn't seem that anything gets through Congress right now.
8: I I think that is what we should be talking about. You know, my oldest daughter is 19. She was born the year after the Columbine massacre happened in, in my state. And my state, which is a Western state, a Second Amendment state, we passed the background checks that are waiting for Mitch McConnell to put on the floor this summer. And over that course of that almost 20 years, about every year, about 2 or 3% of the people that try to buy a gun in Colorado can't buy a gun. And they're murderers, and they're domestic abusers, and they're convicted felons of violent crimes. There's nobody who could defend. Any of those people having a firearm. If we can do it in Colorado, certainly we could do it nationally. We have. We but you have, don't expect uh, that to happen in September.
1: You don't expect. Well, I
8: hope that China? it will happen. I I hope it will happen. But I believe with what I believe what Mike Bloomberg said earlier on your show, which is that the politics of this issue are changing in part because the tragedies are mounting up, which is a terrible way for us to deal with. It. But also because the public is being galvanized uh, by organizations like the, the kids from Parkland and the Moms Against Guns, and that's making a difference. And if it does not come to the floor, we need to make sure that every week between now and November, we're making this a voting issue. I'm not saying just the politicians, I mean all of us are making this a voting issue so that people that refuse to let the American people have a vote on the floor are turned out and replaced yeah. with people who will take the vote. You I mean, we're not even, like, M- McConnell can vote however he wants, but why doesn't he just put it on the floor so that every senator can be held accountable for their vote?
1: You've been talking about ending hyperpartisanship. Do you think it is helpful for Democrats and your fellow candidates to be linking the president to these mass murders?
8: Well, I, 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 here's what I think. I think Donald Trump, as I said, has a strategy that is a, to, to divide the country so he can win. He believes there are enough people out there, he thinks it's 38 or 39 or 40 yeah. percent, that can keep him in office if the rest of us are not paying attention and not as strategic. Yeah. And I don't think we can play into that. We have to unify this country. That is what the people of Iowa want, the people right. of Colorado want, in South Carolina, and New Hampshire. We have to unify this country to close over a broken Washington and to close over a president who is a guy who is, um, uh, uh, you know, goes to our worst impulses rather than our best impulses every single day of the year. We have both in our country. We've got best impulses mm-hmm. with times we have our worst impulses. I think we should have a president who asks us to do our best. Okay. And I think we have to have a president who asks us to come together.
1: Uh, all right, Senator, thank you. And I think I hear a child behind you, so nice focus. There, it's a fair. <laughs> it's a it's not my
8: child, I, though. So,
9: uh, <laughs> all right. Well, good
1: luck to the parents.
9: All right, thank you thank very you for, much, Senator. Thanks we'll so be
1: much. right back with another thanks, 2020 Mark. candidate.
9: I used to think that all diet and weight loss plans were the same. Well, not anymore, because I found Noom. Noom is a new and totally different approach to losing weight and getting healthy that uses psychology and small goals to help change your habits. So it's easy to lose the weight and keep it off for good. Noom combines the power of technology with real human support, offering as little or as much help as you want along the way. And since Noom is an app, it's always with you and easy to use, which makes it super easy to stay on track and reach your goals. Plus, it's really simple to get started. Just go online, answer a few quick questions, and they'll create a personalized program just for you. Noom helped me lose my old way of thinking about food and dieting. So what do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash podcast, N-O-O-M dot slash podcast, and start your 14-day trial today. Like they say, change your habits, change your mind, and change for good with Noom, We're back with New York
1: Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. She joins us this morning from the campaign trail in West Des Moines. Good morning to you, Senator. Good morning. You support universal background checks, a ban on large magazine and assault weapons and an anti-gun trafficking law. You need Republican votes to get all those things through Congress. What can actually pass now?
10: You know, I think things are changing uh, since kids have been marching out of their schools and marching on Washington and are really demanding action. You've seen a level of advocacy that I've never seen before. And I think if Mitch McConnell would have the courage to call us back into Washington to vote, We would pass the universal background checks bill that's already passed the House. And we would pass the bill that I wrote, which is anti-gun trafficking, uh, which the last time we voted on, it got 58 votes. We only needed 60. So we're only two votes shy. And I believe we have the momentum and the advocacy behind us today to pass that as well.
1: What about red flag laws? Your colleague in New York, Chuck Schumer, has said they are ineffective
10: cop outs. I think you can pass a red flag law, but it's insufficient. Uh, What we really need to do is also pass a uh, ban on assault weapons, particularly the military style weapons that have resulted in people losing their lives within seconds, uh, and then the large magazines.
1: Many of your Republican colleagues would agree on red flags being insufficient. They also don't think background checks necessarily would be. Um, The argument is for more tools for law enforcement. So do you support making domestic terrorism a federal crime? And would you sign on to Dick Durbin's bill to increase resources to combat it?
10: Absolutely. Uh, And as president, I would direct my Department of Justice to investigate white supremacy and other domestic terrorist groups uh, to infiltrate them, to make sure we know if they're planning attacks and to uh, absolutely combat white supremacy in society, because these groups are domestic terrorists. So
1: in talking about white supremacy, You and some of your colleagues and competitors have been linking the president's rhetoric to emboldening white supremacists. You said he is emboldening white supremacists, his entire presidency and his campaign. Are you actually saying that President Trump is responsible for the killings in El Paso and Ohio?
10: What I'm saying is that his words have consequences. And the words he has been using have been hateful and divisive and racist and has truly emboldened white supremacy and hate crimes across this country. Since President Trump's been elected, hate crimes have increased, certainly across my state and across the country, against all groups. Uh, more racism, more anti-Semitism, more white supremacy, uh, more anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, anti-refugees. And it's changing who we are as a nation, and that's one of the reasons I'm running for president.
1: But, we but need a in president that- who will
10: bring us back together again. In terms of the
1: name-calling, And putting it in the political context, don't you think that is ratcheting up the rhetoric
10: rather than having cooler heads prevail? What President Trump has done is ratchet up the rhetoric when he's at a rally in Florida and someone says, what are you going to do with immigrants? And someone shouts, kill them, shoot them. President Trump laughed. So he is not leading us in the right direction. Uh, He has used words like infestation. He's used words like invasion. Uh, That is creating a climate where uh, people are literally today fueled by anger and hate they are hunting down other people using weapons of war. That's what we're up against right now. And President Trump will not stand up to the NRA, will not stand up to the gun manufacturers. Well, what about uh, to get but, but, these guns off the streets? Well, what about, though, what Joaquin Castro, the congressman, did this week with
1: publishing the names of some of President Trump's top donors? It's publicly available information, but some would say he was targeting these individuals. Is that helpful or is that dangerous given what you're describing?
10: Those are his choices, not mine. Uh, I will call out racism when I see it. I will call out white supremacy when I see it. I will call out hate and I will stand up against it in every form.
1: I want to ask you about uh, New York financier Jeffrey Epstein. He is an accused child molester, pedophile, sex trafficker. He committed suicide while in federal custody. Uh, the FBI and IG are investigating. Do you think the U.S. government has failed his victims?
10: Well, I'm concerned. Uh, these survivors deserved a day in court. They deserved justice. Uh, they deserved to um, speak out against uh, this perpetrator. And it is a shame uh, that he committed suicide. I do think there needs to be a full investigation about why he was taken off the terror watch, excuse me, why he was taken off the suicide watch list. I think it's uh, a strange decision given that he attempted suicide once already. Uh, I want to know why he was left in a circumstance where suicide was even possible. Um, I think it needs a full investigation.
1: Senator Gillibrand, thank you. We'll be back in a moment.
3: Are you having trouble sleeping? NFL players have been coached. Blue light from smart devices, it can affect your sleep. They'll even wear blue blocker glasses in the evening for improved sleep. Others will try tart cherry juice and smoothies. Not only can it help fight inflammation, but to help you sleep, it's got high amounts of natural melatonin that's beneficial for sleep. The other night, my girlfriend told me I was snoring way too much and even the earplugs weren't helping. So the next day, she took me to a sleep number store because if I was snoring, at least she could get a good night's sleep on a Sleep Number bed. Sleep Number beds allow you to adjust on each side to your ideal firmness, comfort and support. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movement and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably through the night. With Sleep IQ technology inside the bed, it tracks how you're sleeping so you can know every morning how well you've slept and gain insights for your best sleep. Experience the smart, effortless comfort of the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Find your competitive edge with proven, quality sleep from $999. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest you at sleepnumber.com slash cadence. That's sleepnumber.com slash C-A-D-E-N-C-E. Sleep Number.
1: We're back now with our political panel. Jerry Seib is the executive Washington editor for The Wall Street Journal. And Shawna Thomas is the Washington bureau chief for Vice News. Out in the field this morning, our CBS News political correspondent, Ed O'Keefe, who is still out at the Iowa State Fair. Uh, Ed, uh, tell me, you've, you've been listening to all the candidates out there uh, speak about promising some kind of gun control, either now or if they're elected. Is there any chance any of it gets through?
11: You know, Margaret, I've been covering this issue in one way or another for six or seven years uh, since Sandy Hook, essentially. We go through uh, a week of this. We hit a weekend and, and then it's it struggles to sustain itself, the debate. And that's one of the things I'm very curious to watch in the next few days is can this issue get into its second week since a big mass shooting and sustain itself and there's some evidence that at least here in iowa a critical early caucus state that it might just a little while ago julian castro one of the candidates who spends a lot of time here said that this wednesday he'll be holding a forum with members of that organization that held the larger forum yesterday here in des moines to talk specifically about his gun violence plan uh, and ways to somehow curb violence across the country it'll happen in a small bedroom community that is popular with younger families, young couples out in eastern Iowa. If that organization can continue to hold those kinds of events with candidates over the course of the next six months here and in New Hampshire and in South Carolina and other states, maybe it does sustain itself. But when that congressional debate happens in September, if it happens at all, uh, I suspect it's going to look very similar to what's happened before, promises of action that fall apart over the details and the concerns from either party Mm -hmm. that they may be giving away too much.
1: Shauna, our CBS News polling shows that there there is some data to back up what the candidates are saying in terms of shifting public sentiment. Six out of 10 Democrats polled by CBS say they want things like background checks. Majority Republicans and Democrats are open to more action on this front. But what's different this
4: time is always the question. I I think that's a good question. It is really hard not to be a little bit cynical. Sandy Hook, 20 kids died. They weren't able to do all of that much afterwards. I think the difference is, one, the NRA doesn't have as much money as they used to. Um, And two, there are Republicans who are trying to engage in this conversation. There's only so many times people can die. And I do think the president saying... OK, let's talk about background checks. Now, we don't know if he's going to actually follow through with that. Always hard to tell with this president. And then hearing McConnell say on the radio, Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell say on the radio, OK, we can maybe have this conversation when we come back. At least that's happening. But remember, when when Manchin and Toomey had their bill that was a smaller bill about background checks— after Sandy Hook, there were four Republicans who voted for it in the Senate. Two of those Republicans are not in the Senate anymore. So the question is, how much money does the NRA raise out of this? And how scared are Republicans to actually have this conversation?
1: And we didn't hear from Congressman Scalise, who is the whip, really any promise of anything that would be voted for. He seemed to say there are a lot of tools already there that just need to be used better by law enforcement.
6: Yeah, so I think the question is very much open. Will attention stay on this issue, uh, as Ed suggested, or does the circus move on to the next town? One of the things that might be different, to your point, is that uh, for years and years, the passion on the gun issue was on the pro-gun side not the people who favor gun control. People who wanted guns or more passionate about that issue than the other side. That might have switched in 2018. I think we'll find out now for sure whether that's the case or not. But this is not really a complicated equation. This comes down to two men. This comes down to the President Trump and to Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate. He says he will not bring up a bill on the Senate that the president won't sign. So will the president convince people he wants a background bill that he will sign that's the only question that really matters, in a sense.
4: I, I sorry.
1: sorry. Ed, I wanted to ask you, um, one of the things that is different is this overlay of racial politics as well. The fact that the killer in El Paso said he specifically went to target Mexicans and that this was the largest attack in the Latino community this country has ever seen. Does that overlay of a hate crime change things?
11: I think it does, to some extent, especially because... Uh, it happened in such a border community that is defined by its Latino heritage. Um, you know, and the fact, frankly, that one of the presidential candidates is from there, Beto O'Rourke. He was able to help draw even more attention to this, perhaps, than it would have gotten otherwise. Uh, there's been a lot of debate in the past week about, you know, is this just a gun debate, or is this, does this also have to be a conversation about the fact that this was the largest anti-Latino attack, essentially, in modern history? Uh, and I've talked to some colleagues, and I asked Julian Castro the other day when he was here whether or not uh, he thought the nation's response had been proper. He thought to some extent it had, but I got a sense from him that perhaps uh, it could have been a little stronger or there could have been more conversation about that. Um, but I think it, it absolutely uh, helps fuel the conversation because race is, uh, will be, and, and, and probably should continue to be part of of the conversation in this campaign, mm-hmm. uh, given the fact that you have so many historic candidates running, given that the Democratic Party continues to have this debate over where exactly it should be campaigning for votes in order to win back the White House. Do you focus on southern states with younger and more minority populations? Do you come back to here in the Midwest and, and try to drive up the numbers mm-hmm. among white working class voters? Although, if you were to come to Iowa, you'd find a, a growing percentage of Latino people here. So. Uh, it's an argument that has a double relevance, uh, certainly over the past week. And candidates knew that.
1: Sean, Joe Biden had a few missteps this week. Uh, Steve Scalise, in this interview on our show, hit him on a few of those things. Uh, But one of them was also he he seemed to say something to the effect
4: of poor kids are just as good as white kids. The the right jumped on him for that. Yeah. And, you know, here's the deal. Joe Biden is an older person and sometimes he is going to he is going to say things that sound like mistakes. That is something that he and his campaign are going to have to deal with, because in the world we currently live in, with you know social media, 24-hour cable news, everything else, every little thing you do is going to be under a microscope, and Republicans are going to jump on him for that. I think it is clear what he was trying to say. I don't think he was trying to, in any way in this type of commentary, be racist or or anything like that. But- this is a problem they're going to have to continue to deal with. And it's going to happen in debates. He, this, he's just going to have to figure out how to speak a little bit more carefully. Jerry, When you look at what happened this week Mm. uh, in the escalation of the
1: trade war, there are some Republicans who are nervous that the president is hurting his chances at reelection if his bet does not pay off.
6: Well, it's an interesting situation because this is actually an issue, the trade fight with China in particular, where the president has some bipartisan support. You know, Chuck Schumer's warning to the president a few months ago was don't go soft on China. So up to this point, he's got a lot of Republican support, a fair amount of business community support and some Democratic support. But a lot of that support is basically uh, premised on the idea that the trade wars will be temporary and that they'll be contained. And this is the week where I think it started to look as if, wait, this might get out of control and it might go on for a long time. And I think some people who are with the president now on trade didn't sign up for a long trade war. They signed up for a short tariff fight. And if that's not what it is, I think it becomes very problematic for the president, or at least potentially so.
4: And those farmers in Iowa want to know yeah. what the future holds for them. I mean, we've talked to a lot of farmers in Iowa on Vice News who are basically saying, OK, I, I'm willing to go with the president because I do think we need to stand up to China. But if I don't have some consistency soon, I don't know how to make decisions about my business and I'm going to lose money. It, and that's scary.
6: And it's interesting that if you look at the numbers, the trade deficit actually went up in the first six months of this year. It's bigger Mm -hmm. now. It's 8% bigger than it was a year ago. So you have to ask the question, is this working? Is this trade war working? We're supposed to bring the trade deficit down. So I think it's a very tricky time. We may be at a bit of an inflection point for President Trump on the trade issue.
1: It's something we'll watch. Thanks to all of you. And thanks to Ed out in Iowa. We'll be right back. That's it for us today. Thank you all for watching. Until next week, for Face the Nation, I'm Margaret Brennan. Today's guests were former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, Louisiana Republican Whip Steve Scalise, and 2020 Democratic presidential candidates Bernie Sanders, Kirsten Gillibrand, and Michael Bennett. The executive producer of Face the Nation is Mary Hager. This broadcast was directed by Allison Hawley. Face the Nation originates from CBS News in Washington.
0: by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were
4: blessed. My mom was amazing.
0: But detectives would soon discover...